and to give them eternal life when eventually they die and go to heaven. Um, so, God, I'm going to give a little Anna Lee back real quick. Gracie, you'll take her. <laughs> um, so, the important part here is, as well is there are, there are four new angels mentioned. And you'll see here in Revelation chapter 9, it says, and this is God um, saying this, okay? He says, release, um, yeah, release the four angels who were bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released. And these angels, they had a task, okay? Listen to the task they had. This is pretty vicious. Their task was to kill a third of mankind that was still living on the earth during this time. It says, now listen to this. Now catch this, okay? This is very important. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. Did you guys listen to that number again? The, the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. And I heard the number of them. So John is again reporting this. And I want you guys to think about this in this time period. Back in this time period, there was probably nowhere close to 200 million people even on earth, okay? And John is hearing this number, and he even repeats to, you, to us saying that I heard this number, probably because it seems so vast and so unimaginable that he says there's 200 million people in his army. And it was just this crazy amount of people. Back then, that would have seemed absolutely impossible. But if you think about how the world has grown today, there's over a billion people in the earth today. There's billions of people. There's multi-billions of people. Seven, yeah, I think, yeah, seven billion. And so, even during this time period, and all the deaths that have occurred to this point, a 200 million person army is definitely not impossible. Um, and so, if you think about it, you know, throughout history, World War One, World War Two, things like that, they had armies that were very close to this size. Um, at least in, in some way. They don't necessarily all get grouped together for a battle, but they had armies that were at least around that size. But this army is all going to come together at one singular point, and they're going to go and attack and kill a third of the mankind that's out there. Okay, here's, a, here's why this is really important. These angels are given authority to kill. Do you remember, did the locusts have authority to kill? Anybody remember? No, they only had authority to torment. There's a point in that. So God's punishments, which he warned way ahead of time here, are going to get worse and worse. And so in the fifth judgment, they torment the people. And all of that was to point them to, hey, God is behind all this, and you guys need to repent. If you don't, it's going to get worse. The people did not repent. So now in judgment number six, now people are starting to die. God is sending these angels out and, and giving them authority to actually kill people. Now, there's a lot of speculation about, now, why would angels go out and kill people? These are not necessarily good angels. And here's what I mean by that. Um, there's a lot of debate about this. But if you think about it, you know how Satan rebelled against God way back in time? When Satan rebelled against God, he took a ton of angels with him. We don't know how many angels God created before he created humans. He could have been billions, for all we know. So these angels very likely could be some kind of demonic, kind of fallen angels, not necessarily good angels that are, in, that are up there worshiping praising God. And so these, these angels may naturally, because they're fallen angels, 
want to cause destruction and harm. But as you guys remember, they can only do what God allows them to do. If God doesn't allow them to kill or to punish, they can't do it. And so at this point, God now releases the kind of hand upon them, holding them back from killing people, and says, all right, guys, you go ahead and have, have your fun and go kill these people. Um, so in a way, it's almost a demonic force, that's kind of like the uh, locust that's released upon the earth, and these 200 million angels come out and just cause mass destruction and mass death in the world. That kind of makes sense? That's a logical explanation. They could be good angels, but it kind of makes more sense that they would be from that same kind of demonic realm, especially because the bottomless pit is open at this point. So there's just constant, you know, turmoil. Um, another important point here, though, if you guys um, caught it, is the Euphrates River. And there's four new angels. That There's angels mentioned in Revelation 7. These are different angels. And they're around the four corners, basically, of the Euphrates River. And they have this authority to kind of issue this punishment in. And does anybody know why the Euphrates River would be important during this time? So I did some research. I didn't know either. I didn't know what the significance was. But this is mentioned here in a pretty significant way. And so I did some research on this. And this is kind of interesting. So the Euphrates River was a landmark of ancient Babylon. And you remember the people of God were in slavery to Babylon for years and years. It was also the boundary of the old Roman Empire, which will be revived here by the Antichrist. Um, and so the Euphrates River is a very important river in the Bible. And when God issues in this sixth judgment, which is one of the words before the seventh final judgment, um, he, he does it by the Euphrates River. It kind of comes together. All the symbolic things kind of come together in one. Because I want you guys to also think about this. If you go through the Bible, the Euphrates River was associated with the very first sin. It was the very first murder that was associated there. The first organized revolt against God, reference the Euphrates River. The first war confederation and the first dictatorship in history all revolved around the Euphrates River. So a lot of really, really bad things happened around the Euphrates River. And God is now using that river to issue in pretty much the worst judgment the world's ever seen at this point. The worst judgment. Is that kind of neat to kind of think about? So, again, that's an easy part to kind of pass over in the Bible. But there's a reason it's at the Euphrates River. Because people in this time period would have known this as like a boundary of the Roman Empire. And probably the new Roman Empire that the Antichrist has. And that people would have known the history that it caused all this destruction in the past. Or all these bad things happened around it. Now the worst thing is going to happen from it. So it's kind of cool. All right, so I want you guys to also think about this. Um, the last part here, it says this right here in Revelation chapter 9. Um, and I want you guys to pay attention carefully. This is why I believe the angelic army here is of evil, kind of demonic descent. So I want you guys to listen to the description of them, okay? And remember the locusts? They were very kind of distorted figures. Listen to the description here of uh, warriors that come to battle. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, um, hyacinth blue, sulfur yellow, and the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions. And out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. I want you guys to think about that. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed. 
by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone that came out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents having heads, and with them they do harm. Now catch the last part here. This is this is what probably is the most what is definitely the most concerning here in Revelation chapter nine. But the rest of mankind, those that were not killed, that still survived this terrible plague, who were not killed by these plagues, these people did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which should neither see nor hear nor walk. They did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual morality or their thefts. Um... I want you guys to think about a few things here. These horses, again, they had heads like lions, so it wasn't like a literal lion head. Again, John is trying to describe something he's never seen before. And so he's trying to describe this thing that's like a horse, but it has this very kind of evil head. And so he's having a, so again, John's having a hard time describing what he's seeing because he's never seen it before. And so he's saying their head's kind of like a lion. Um, which would be pretty terrifying. And then they breathe out this fire and they have these crazy tails and they're killing people left and right. And that would be pretty terrifying. That's another hard one you can make. Um, and so all this is happening during this time. That's why, again, it makes you kind of believe it's more of a demonic thing because it doesn't seem like necessarily it would be from heaven. However, you could also make the argument that the horse is having a head like a lion's head. Maybe somehow it resembles the lion of Judah, which would be Jesus in the Bible, so again, you can kind of resemble that too. So there's some debate there. But the one thing I want to kind of focus in on tonight as we conclude this is the men that still, the people that lived still did not repent. I want you guys to think about it. These lion horsehead figures came were breathing fire and killing people left and right. And you're like, nah, I think I'm still going to worship the demons. You know, like, it's pretty crazy to think that people out there would still not turn to God after all of that. But if you think about it in our lives today, it's really not that far-fetched because think about this. People clearly see miracles all the time around them today. You know, even the birth of a child is a very simple miracle. But there's more. There's even more dramatic miracles than that. Somebody's on a hospital bed that basically is declared dead. All of a sudden, makes a miraculous recovery that medical doctors can't explain. And it's, it's obvious that some kind of supernatural thing happened to that person. People still deny that it was God. You know, they say, oh, it was something else or some kind of crazy just thing in the universe or whatever, whatever. So during this time period, as the world continues to get more and more sinful, it makes sense that people would look at this, and although it's clearly from God, they would, they would make up some kind of excuses and try to rationalize it and say, you know, it was because of this, 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 and they would pass it off. And they would go back to doing the, the simple act they did before this judgment happened. I want you guys to think about people today, in our, in our world today. There's a lot of people that encounter Christ at like a church camp. Or they go to like a vacation Bible school. Or maybe they just read their Bible on their own time. And they, and they experience the Holy Spirit, put His presence upon them. And they realize there's something more to this life than just them. They realize there's a God out there. But if they don't truly repent and give their hearts to God, then once that kind of initial excitement from feeling the Holy Spirit's presence fades away from them, they'll go back to living the exact same lifestyle they were living before. 
And when I was teaching in church camp for years, I saw this very often with students. They would come to church camp. They would feel this high for Jesus, what we called it. You know, because everybody was worshiping Jesus. You were doing things that honored him. You were learning more about him. Other people around you were doing the same things. They were encouraging you. And you felt God's presence very close to you at that camp. And so it was like, wow, you know, I, I, think, I think I can do this. I think I want to worship God. I want to praise God. But if those kids didn't make a true heart change there, a true repentance to give their life to Jesus, when they would go back home from church camp several weeks later, they were back out at parties, they were drinking, they were in sexual relationships, doing all kinds of things, and they would come back the next year and be like, yeah, you know, I was good for like a month or two, and then went right down the tube again. Um, and so the thing we would challenge them is just because you feel God's presence and you know God is real, until you make God real to you, doesn't really matter. And the thing is that to make God real to you means your heart has to truly change and repent. And repent means you have to, you have to realize that you're a sinner and the things that you're doing are wrong. And you have to realize that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and he is the Savior of the world. And you give your life to him. Repentance means to turn away from those sins and then turn toward God. And when you make that heart decision, even though you may struggle in life later on, when you start to struggle, you'll feel God's spirit within you pulling you back from that, saying, oh, that's not right. You get that guilty feeling, that feeling in your stomach, that I, I shouldn't be doing this, and, 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 you, and you're guided back to God's truth. But if you if you experience church or church camp and, and you leave and you have no desire to follow God or to turn away from the actions that you were doing before, then God's not really real to you. Although God is real, the relationship with him is not really real between you and him. You just know he's out there, but you don't have a true relationship with him. And that's what God is saying here in Revelation. This is going to happen all throughout history up until the end times. If these people don't realize who God really is and give their life to him in repentance, and that's the key part here. Again, it says they did not repent of their works. So some of these people probably acknowledge that God was real and God was behind this, but because they did not repent of their works, they didn't turn away from the evil and turn to God and really try to start living for him and, and grow in that relationship, they're going to experience the next biggest disaster that's going to happen. And if they don't turn to God before they die here on earth, then it's really too late. And so God is urging the people, even through all this destruction and even through all this death, turn to me. Turn away from these actions. It's not enough just to know who I am and to realize I'm behind all this. If you don't repent of your actions and start living the way I'm calling you to, then you're going to end up just like the people that died before you without a relationship with me. And you're going to be separated from me. And I desperately do not want that. Because all throughout Scripture here, again, you see God truly wants the people to turn to him. And that's why he's not killing everybody right away. Because he wants people to see that he's behind all this. He is the God, but he wants a relationship with them. He wants to, to take them away from this kind of punishment. But because God is the judge, and, and because God has to, has to be uh, is righteous, and he has to be that way, and because he's holy, if you don't turn to him, there has to be consequences for that too. Does that kind of make sense? So again, you see here that God's judgment, but yet God's love is also coming through. And God's love is the ultimate kind of 
uh, thing that, that, that continues to shine through in Revelation. But if you don't accept God's love, His judgment is, is going to have to come through. And that's what we kind of see here as time goes on, as we get into the seventh judgment here. But by this point, if you don't turn to God, things get really, really ugly really quickly. So let me pause here with we'll some questions.